Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Sharon Vanderput. It is so good to be all back together in one room, isn't it? Uh, we've been doing church at home the last three weeks. We've been meeting in homes. We've been, you know, eating together, praying together, worshipping together there. But we have not all been able to see each other all at once. So it's really good to see you all again. Um, so this morning, I'm going to teach you a little bit of French. Okay, anyone here speak French by any chance? Little bit? Okay, cool. That's fine. No worries. Um, so... Um, this morning, the two French words that I want to teach you, they're going to come up on the screen in a minute. Um, first one is called savoir, and the second one is connaître. Okay, can you say savoir? savoir. Can you say connaître? connaître? It's a hard one to do that one. Connaître. Connaître. Um, all right. So savoir and connaître actually mean two different things, but we only have one word for it in English, and that means to know. All right, so savoir means to know. Now, let's start with savoir. When you say savoir, to know, knowledge and understanding and facts are linked to that word, okay? So it would mean, do you know how to do this? Do you know about this? Do you have the knowledge? Do you have the know-how for that, okay? With savoir. Now, connaître. Can you say connaître? Connaître. Well done. By the end of this morning, you're going to have those two words nailed. Um, so, connaître, it also means to know, but is in a context of relationship. So, you cannot use those two words interchangeably. You can't say, I connaître uh, French. I would say, I would savoir, I would say French. Okay? We can't, can't inter, interlink them. So, when we're talking about the last few weeks about intimacy and knowing God, this is where in English we can get a little bit mixed up with the words because we know about knowing God. But in the French context, it's fantastic because you can't just know God, you have to really know God as a person. So, connaître has that implication of being familiar with and aware of the identity of someone. So in French, if you would say, do you know God? You would say, do you connaître God? If that makes sense, you use that word. Because the understanding in, that French, in the French language is that to know is not always to know. Like Pastor Clive said, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. We said, we all know the queen. We know about her, but we don't actually know her in person. And that's the difference between savoir and connaître. So we don't want to just know about God, we really want to know, know God, be familiar with him and know, be aware of his identity and know him in person. All right? So it requires personal experience and relationship. Okay? Fantastic. So you say, okay, Sharon, we've been talking a lot about this intimacy, being really close with God and stuff. Why are we still talking about this? Because it is the most important thing to know God and to be known by God. That's the most important thing, for people to know God and be known by 
God. Amen. That's where we have salvation, redemption. That's where we get our peace from, our joy from. That's where we base our truth off of. Yeah? This thing based off this, you open this book and you will have that closeness of relationship with God. Now, if you've all got your Bibles, and I hope you do, if not, put your phones out, but let's go to John chapter 4, okay? We're going to read from John chapter 4. The scripture's going to come up on the screen, but, oh man, I love this passage. And actually, the song we started off singing, Living Water, is based off of the scripture. Fraser wrote that song after reading this. It's one of his favorite stories in the Bible. It's about Jesus when he talks to the Samaritan woman. And we're going to start off in verse 7. And it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Then she says, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Amen. Amen. Now, let's look at this. What is Jesus saying? Is he just referring to this natural water, to, to, to the water in the well? That is one of the aspects he's doing. But what he is saying is, this well will never satisfy you. You will be thirsty again. But the water I give you will be streams of living water, and you will never thirst again. So let's unpack this a little bit. What are the wells? We've all got wells in our lives that we come and draw water from when we're thirsty. What are the wells in your life that you draw water from? Because Jesus is saying in this, in the, to, in this passage to the woman, only my water will satisfy. And why is that? It's because all those things, whatever it is for you, whether it's food, we're going to go straight in here, okay? Are you with me? Whether it's food for you, a hobby, a website, an activity, those things will never satisfy that need, that thirst, that hunger that you have because they're all from a natural well. Because your need is supernatural. Because you've been made alive with Christ. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Your needs are supernatural. And that natural wells, those natural things do you draw water from, will, they might be nice, they might feel nice, but you'll be thirsty again. So that's what Jesus is saying. He's meeting this woman, and the first thing he says, people say that this woman was the first evangelist. Because what the first thing he says to her is the first thing you need to know about me is that everything that you will ever need is found in me. 
nothing else matters. And that is the gospel. That is all that we need. That everything, that is all that we need to know is that everything we will ever need is in Jesus alone. Everything else will leave us thirsty and hungry. Now, those things are not bad things, and we do need to eat, we do need to drink, but how many of you know after you have, haven't eaten or drunk in a while, you're hungry and thirsty again? And I'm convinced that this is the things in our life that God has allowed so that we know we need him. It keeps us dependent, isn't it? It's that dependency. Those things will never satisfy. Why will those things never satisfy you? Because you've tasted of a better well. Amen. You've tasted of a better well. And it's like nothing else can satisfy compare to that of what Jesus can give me. Amen. So we need to keep going back to the well. Maybe we have been like the woman living on the last few drops in our vessel, in our jar. And we're like, okay, running really dry now. I need to go back to the well. We need to keep going back to the well and not live off of leftovers and run dry. We're going to get into that in a minute. So how many of you have been to Nando's before? You want to put your hand up? Okay. American restaurants, maybe? Okay. So how many of you know that the two things that Nando's and American restaurants have in common is that you get free refills on drinks? Yes? So you buy a drink and you get free refills. Now, I love a good refill. Who loves a good refill? Being able to have refill. I love it. Why is it? Because I don't really, I'm used to it obviously now, but I don't really enjoy playing this game every time I have a meal of how can I make my drink last? How, you know, and then if you're sitting at the table and then people have starters and then mains and then you know they want dessert and then they want a coffee and it's like you know your drink is being stretched out throughout that whole time isn't it but that good thing about this is that about refills is that you can keep going back for more it doesn't matter how often first one you buy the rest you can keep going back for free drinks and that's what it's like with God he gives us free refills Come on, you can be more excited about that. There's free refills with God. Amen. Free refills. Free refills. All right. So if God gives us free refills, why are we always living on leftovers? Not always, but often we can live on leftovers and we can really have, you know when you have had like Chinese food or food, Next day, it's not as good as the first day, is it? And then the day after, oh, it's even worse. At some point, it all just goes bad or it goes stale. Bread, Kevin loves French, fresh bread and French bread. If any one of you knows Kevin, it's something he really misses about Belgium that we don't have here is there's bakeries all over Belgium and you can get fresh bread really early in the morning. It's still warm, it's soft, it's amazing. If it's bread from the next day, Kev won't have it. Now, he's adapted now. But when we're in Belgium, that's how it goes. So you, how many of you know fresh is always the best? Okay? Now, we can live on leftovers and on the last drops. And it doesn't satisfy the way that it does a fresh, a fresh drink, a fresh meal, does it? Now, we just have to be careful with that. 
Well, what am I talking about? I'm not just talking about, you might be confused, leftovers, water. What are we talking about? I'm talking about being with God, spending that time with him, that intimacy with him, that closeness with him. Being with Jesus is what gives you that free refill, okay? Refill meaning that fresh strength, peace, joy, that word from God, that peace, goodness, faith, all of those things come from being with Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of our faith, right? Amen. Now we have to be careful because living off of leftovers can be a poverty and an orphan mentality. We can think, oh, it's not as important or I can't go back or I need to make do with what I have or it's not that important. I'm on my own. I can do this. And God is like, no, 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 no. I'm a loving father. You can come to me. I give you free refills. Can you say free refills? refills. Fantastic. All right, let's go to Psalm 63. Very famous passage. It's one of my favorite psalms. It is so beautiful. It says, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. See, we're on a theme here. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. What is he saying? There's no water around him. No, it's not true. He's talking about spiritual thirst. He's talking about spiritual hunger, where he recognizes that the world and the place around him, it's like a dry and parched land compared to the author and perfect of our faith, the one who gives us living water. He's saying, compared to this amazing bridegroom king who gives us living water, who gives me something where I will never thirst again. Compared to that, the rest of the world is like a dry, parched land. There is no water. Verse 2, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Oh, what a statement. Your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be satisfied as if the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. I love this. You see, when it says, I will be satisfied as with the richest of foods, we can see that God doesn't want us to live on those few little things. He wants to satisfy us with the richest of foods. What are those riches of foods? It's faith, mercy, grace, peace, love, faith. It's all that he is. He wants to give you. Amen. Amen. God doesn't want us to starve. Have you been starving yourself maybe? Sometimes, you know, starving doesn't necessarily have to mean not spending any time with God. I'll get to that in a minute. But 
maybe withholding a part, sorry, withholding a part of our, our life or withholding just something. And then when you withhold it and you're not allowing that living water to come in, you're starving yourself. I did some research um, into starvation and it's actually really interesting because People say that after having starved for a long time or fasted for a long time, after a few days, the hunger goes away. So this morning, we're talking about thirsting, hungering after God, and that's part of the intimacy. You can't have intimacy with God, that closeness with God, if you don't long for him. Now, you might say, Sharon, great, I get that, but I don't hunger for him. I don't thirst for him. I know I should, but I don't. That's okay. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, you know what I said about um, after having starved for a while, you don't feel the hunger anymore? It's a coping mechanism of the body. It's a lie. You are hungry. You just don't feel it. It's a coping mechanism of the body. So it's a lie, all right? Have you seen those pictures of, um, they're horrible pictures to look at, but have you seen, you know, when people have starved, they have quite bloated bellies, big stomachs? And that is an illusion. It's a coping mechanism of the body. And it makes it look like they're not hungry, like they've got enough in the stomach, but they don't. It's a lie and it's a deception. Of the, it's a coping mechanism of the body. And we can have that in our own lives as well, where we've been starving ourselves from God for so long that we don't feel the hunger anymore, that we don't feel the thirst anymore. And that's okay. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But I'm going to tell you today how you can get hungry again. Because the body is trying to cope. Maybe your spirit man is trying to cope and you don't feel hungry anymore. So how do you start feeling hungry again is my question by eating again. It kickstarts that system in your body. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what's going on, by eating again, your body goes back into the, all right, yes. As soon as you start eating again, that hunger comes back. All right? So, maybe you've been starving yourself from Jesus, from that bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Isn't that what he said? And we always think, why does he talk about water? Why does he talk about bread? I don't really get it. Why, why, why do we have communion, bread and wine? Unless you eat of me, unless you drink of me. Isn't that what he says? And his disciples were offended by it. He said, unless you eat of my body and you drink of my blood. Loads of people turned away. And he said to his disciples, he turned to them and he said, are you going to leave me as well? And what did they say? Lord, where are we going to go? You are the one who's the words of eternal life. Wow, what a statement. And God keeps using these references. He says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's a common theme in the Bible, hunger and thirsting. Because we can relate it to our physical bodies. Just like we hunger and thirst for something, we need to hunger and thirst for God. Maybe if you don't feel hungry anymore, that's why we're going to have a time of worship afterwards. 
as well to just respond and come to God. But the answer to feeling hungry again, if you recognize that you don't hunger after God, is to start eating again. Doesn't matter how you feel, doesn't matter if you feel it or not, it is to just eat. What do we eat? The word. We pray, we come before him, say, God, I really do not feel like it. I don't feel hungry. I do not want to, but I know in my heart that I want to. You know when you, you don't want to, but you want to want to. Yes? Paul can relate to that. He says in Romans that I keep doing the things I don't want to do. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. So he knows that conflict within itself. It's normal and it's natural. Okay? So, if you don't want to, but you want to want to, just tell God. Okay? All right. Now, there is something called the refeeding syndrome. I told you I did some research on starvation. Something called refeeding syndrome. And that's where after people have starved for a while, they stuff themselves with so much food for a few days and then starve again for a while and stuff themselves with a lot of food. And it's really unhealthy with the body. Anyone would know that that's really unhealthy, right? In the natural, we know with food, starving yourself, stuffing yourself, starving yourself, it's really unhealthy for the body. Now, sometimes we do that in our spiritual lives. I don't want us to leave this morning and say, all right, I'm going to feast on Jesus now. And then after a few days, you starve yourselves again. And then we go in a cycle. We need to break out of this cycle. What do people say about eating? What's the best thing to do? They always say little and often. Don't they say that? Little and often. And it's the same with God. It's the same with the well. We keep going back. It doesn't have to be loads. Little and often. But the good thing is with God, we have free refills. So it can be loads and often as well, right? So imagine, sorry, this is my well for today, okay? What is that well? Where the life comes from. That's Jesus, but not just being in the presence of Jesus, it's being with Jesus. Remember the Martha and Mary story? Okay, let's be Marys. Let's sit at his feet and say, Jesus, I need that life. Streams of living water. Um, Joel, could you come back up, please? Sorry, it's going to be short and sweet this morning. Straight to the point. Told you, not faffing about, we're getting at it. All right, um, we're going to start. We're going to come before God in a minute. Um, my prayers to God, either your prayer might be, God, I'm hungry for you, I long for you. Maybe you are in that place where you're like, Jesus, I want more of you. I'm desperate for you. Fantastic. Go for it. If you're not, and like we said, you want to, but you don't want to right now, then say that to God. And we're going to come before him and say, God, Honestly, I'm not there, but I want to be. Come to that well. We're going to come before him. It doesn't mean that 
we have to spend hours and hours all the time with the Lord. If that's what God, the Lord is calling you to do, that's fine. But I know from my own personal experience in my life, I, I, I can't, I'm not capable of doing it with everything that's going on in my life. I can't spend hours and hours and hours before the Lord every single day. And I'm, I'm going to get to that point in, in, in a minute about the little and often. Maybe you feel a bit overwhelmed with the whole getting a revelation from the Lord, hearing from the Lord, being with him, intimacy. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. Okay? Just come before him. Whenever you think of it. Right? I, I went through a phase where it was still when we were in Belgium. I was putting on doors, in the toilet, in the bathroom, in a bedroom, all sorts of different things to remind me to just, Jesus. Even if it's just a minute, even if it's just saying his word, come to the well. His well is so life-giving. What does it say? Let's go back to John 4. It says streams spring up, right, of living water. Let me find it. It is so life-giving that it doesn't just satisfy you. It satisfies the people around you. And that's where we, when we say that your ministry comes out of your own personal relationship with God, how you minister to people, how you talk to people, what comes out of you is of what's inside of you. And that's why we need to keep going back to the well. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Amen. As many of you know, uh, Kevin and I were away on holiday and came back last weekend and we had a great time and it was great, but I came back and I was like, I feel physically better, I feel less tired, I feel mentally a bit more refreshed, but spiritually, emotionally, I, I feel, I, I know God's done something, but I don't feel as refreshed as I'd like to feel. And I was like, God, what's kind of going on? And he said, Sharon, I'm trying to show you and teach you something here. Yes, you have been spending time with me. Yes, you have been in the Word with me every day. But the times that you are in, people, there is such a famine, spiritual famine going on around you. There is so much going on where I am the only one who can satisfy every single need. And I need you to get it, Sharon that yes, you can come before me, but the times that we live in right now, it's not enough. Because you still stay hungry, you still feel thirsty. And if you can feel inside of you this urge of I need this, or I need that, or I'm not feeling satisfied, I'm not feeling refreshed, go back to the well. No holiday, no food, no, what, no matter what you do, it is never going to satisfy you the way that God does because you've tasted of a better well. I'm going to just read the last story in Chronicles 11. Story of David and his mighty men. Verse 15. Three of the thirty chiefs came down to David to the rock at the cave of Adullam, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in a stronghold and a Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, 
that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. It's very specific, hey? So the three, the three is his mighty warriors. They single-handedly destroyed so many people. They were just the warriors of the time. So the three broke through the Philistine lines and drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. God forbid that I should do this, he said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? Because they risked their lives to bring it back, David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. David longed for that specific water. Why? Because he's tasted of a better well, just like you have. And he longed for it. And these three mighty warriors, they broke through and they said, it does not matter if we're risking our lives, we're getting our king that water. What am I getting to? We started with ourselves. Now it's about bringing the water to the people around us. We're starting Alpha, September 13th. We are speaking to our neighbors, people in our lives, in your lives. We need people that are dying of thirst, of hunger. They do not know what they need. They know that things are not satisfying them the way they should. They always want more, they always want more, they always want more of certain things, but they do not realize that they need Jesus because he's the only one who will ever satisfy. So let's be like those three mighty men they risked their lives, that were like, whatever happens, I'm gonna get you to that water, I'm gonna get you to that well. And it meant so much to David, he poured it out, he said, I can't drink this. It became worship upon to the Lord. It was an act of worship. Let's just close our eyes and actually let's stand, is that okay, let's stand. We can't afford to live on half a glass or in a few drops in this season. There's too much going on. There's a severe spiritual famine. We need that relationship, that closeness to God. And if you go back to where we started at the beginning with the difference between savoir and connaître, it's about God, I want to know you are that well of living water you are the only one who can satisfy nothing else is going to do i just want you so let's just start praying let's just let the prayer in your heart rise up whether whether your prayer is god i long for you i hunger for you i want more of you i genuinely i want more of you then go for it, just start meeting with Jesus, start going to that well. If you don't have that hunger, that thirst inside of you and you've starved yourself for too long, say, God, make me hungry again. I wanna feast upon you and your goodness. Jesus, I wanna come to that well often. I wanna keep drawing water. I don't wanna just have water for myself. I want to overflow. I want the water to become a well of living water, a spring inside of me that brings life to the people around me. Jesus, I want to know you. 
Forgive me where I've starved myself from you. Forgive me where I have tried to satisfy this need that only you can meet, Lord, with other things of this world. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, that, that food and holidays and relationships are not bad, but they can't compare to you. Lord, where else are we going to go? You are the one who is the word of eternal life. Jesus. Jesus. There is an open tap from heaven flowing with living water and it's free refills whenever you want. So let's just take this time to respond. We're just going to go back into a flow of worship and just, Joel might not necessarily sing out, but let your heart sing out. And as we sing, just let's just come before him and then I'll come back in a, in a minute. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.